Welcome to the show Coffee Time with Marie-Thérèse and CPA. Hope you're starting your day with nice and rock energetic music. Woohoo! Yep. Woohoo! All right, guys. Well, if you are returning to our show, welcome back, guys. If you are new to us, uh, give us a hands up or a thumbs up in the chat so we know you are new. Of course, if you are just listening in, we know we can't do that. So, But please like and share, subscribe to the page or the channel that you are listening to us on so you can make, make sure that you get alerts when we do schedule to go live anytime. And which we do that every Thursday at 10 o'clock Eastern times uh, in the morning on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on our YouTube channel. I'm your host, Marie Tarosian, CFO, Auditor, Certified Public Accountant, Chartered Globe Management Accountant, and recently certified 10X Coach. Uh, I use my proprietary methodology, um, uh, Valuation MT, to help business owners that reach their first million to 10X their profits. I also have an e-course that matches that work, that methodology for those who haven't reached their first million to kind of help guide them through the process of what it needs, what they, what it takes to get to that. Uh, so you can get those programs on my uh, website, theprofitlab.biz slash programs. Um, uh, I am also the author of a couple of books, The Complete Guide to Business Growth and The Business Owner's Guide to Operational Accounting. And you can get those books and you can read them. Uh, let me know what you think. And you can get those on theprofitlab.biz slash shop. As always, I'm joined in with my uh, friend and my tax colleague, Pedro Gonzalez, CPA. Good morning, Pedro. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Marie. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez, your business and tax strategist, uh, helping our clients uh, improve their cash flow. Cash flow, as I said many times, is the lifeblood of any business, regardless of size and industry. Uh, helping uh, our clients with uh, tax minimization strategies. Taxation, as we know, erodes uh, wealth. And uh, with exit strategies, um, you know, all of us are going to exit. It just depends on how we're going to exit. So we are here to help you uh, in developing strategies that are going to help you achieve uh, your financial success. I'm going to keep my presentation and introduction short because, we, you know, we have something, uh, a surprise for everybody. And uh, so I'm going to keep it short <laughs> and, and I hope uh, that everybody's doing well. Awesome, awesome. Yes, we do. We do have a special, and and, and I'm going to keep uh, some of the the usual stuff we kind of uh, review uh, short. Uh, you guys know that we've been doing this. This is our 54th episode, so we've yeah. had we've put out so much material out there. So please, I ask you to, if you have anything in mind that you're thinking about, go back and check some of the episodes. We've talked about so much information on audits, IRS, uh, you know, taxes, tax planning investor visa business uh, valuations we've talked about so many things so you can always go back uh, especially on the youtube channel it's so easy to, to search uh over there so go ahead and check out those so i don't want to take too much of time because this is a special thing i really have to tell you so but i do want to say is an introduction last week we specifically talked about uh you know hurricane disasters and you know insurance claims and how that affects, you know, your taxes, what is deductible, what is not deductible. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned to you guys how important it is to have an attorney that is, you know, specifically knowledgeable in this area to help you and guide you through this process. And because we really, really, really are committed to helping you, we have a very special guest today. We have uh, Matt Gelber Esquire. He is a first party property damage attorney representing homeowners and policyholders who suffer damage uh, to their properties and they need assistance dealing with their insurance claims process. Mm -hmm. 
Through his many years of experience, Matt has developed a very aggressive litigation style, which allows him to zealously advocate for his client's needs. And with that, guys, welcome Matt Gelber, Esquire. Matt, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're excited to have you. We're so excited. We definitely need it. And this is the whole show is all about um, helping business owners and, 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 you know, individuals alike, you know, to, to guide them through any kind of tax business and other uh, strategies. And a lot of times, you know, attorneys are our best friends because we do have to help, help each other here uh, to help business owners and individuals. So we're so happy to have you here. So before we get started to, to deep, in, you know, information about the claims process, uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about you, you know, Matt Gelber, the person. Sure. Well, Matt Gelber, the person, uh, you know, I like watching <laughs> sports and, uh, you know, hanging with friends and my dog, Riley. Um, you know, other than that, traveling, I, I DJ as a hobby, but um, yeah, yeah. I haven't found too much time to do that lately because, you know, it's <laughs> taking over. <laughs> well, it's good to have some, some kind of a hobby that can kind of help you clear your mind. I, I think... I'm sure being an attorney, just like when we are doing accounting, it can get very overwhelming. It's a lot of, you know, serious work. So, you know, you need something to kind of clear your mind sometimes. And music is always a good thing. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So um, so last week, uh, Matt, we, we really uh, honed in mostly on the how to handle, you know, the insurance schemes from a, you know, accounting and tax side. Um, and today, like, we were wondering if you can explain kind of the difference between homeowner's insurance claim and a flood claim. You know, can you walk us through that a little bit? Sure, of course. Uh, and that's a great question. And, you know, this is uh, a new avenue we're having to navigate with the storm because of all of the flood and the storm surge that's been happening. Um, essentially, your homeowner's insurance policy does not cover flood. Uh, it's something totally separate. In fact, the, the flood uh, coverage is run through a federal program called the NFIP, uh, the National Flood Insurance Program. That's federally regulated through FEMA, whereas the homeowner's insurance, for the most part, those are, you know, private for-profit companies with the exception of citizens, you know, that's a, a government entity. Um, and so there's there's sometimes some overlap, um, you know, some homeowner's policies do offer flood coverage, but for the most part, that's excluded and it's something totally different. Interesting. Got it. That's very interesting. No, it's a, it's a good point uh, to to clarify because a lot of people again uh, make assumptions that they think uh, the, the insurance already comes with. Um, yeah, many times people don't realize what actually the insurance policy covers. So that, that was a good clarification. Yeah, and and, and when, when so if if I was let's say the, the person and I have all these different insurances, <laughs> which I know a lot of people go through. So how would they know when to file and which one to file and how do they go about like figuring out like which one do I use? You know, like, I, mean, I think that's why everybody, I, mean, I don't have, I don't handle the insurance stuff. I, I leave it to my husband. <laughs> and and it's, it's a very complicated big thing to figure out, even for attorneys and public adjusters, you know, we're here trying to navigate these things and we're the professionals that do this every day for a living. Um, the best advice that I would give other than contacting a professional, like a public adjuster or an attorney to help you, would be if you have a policy with, with flood coverage and you have a homeowner's policy, if, if you're not sure what is covered, the best thing to do is probably just file a claim on both. Start mm -hmm. that claim process, let them go out there and figure out, you know, they may say, well, some of this is covered, but the rest is your homeowners and vice versa. 
and they may end up being wrong. But the the duty for both policies as a homeowner or policyholder is that you're supposed to promptly report these damages. And you know you may not know whether or not these damages exceed your deductible, or you may not know is this flood or is this homeowners. And those are valid points. But unfortunately, these these policies end up being contracts that you enter into with the with the, the, the company that gives you that coverage. And so the duties in these policies require you to promptly report the damages. So they don't really care whether or not you think it exceeded your deductible or not, or that you thought this was all a flood or vice versa. Understood. And, and by the way, guys, if you see me looking down sometimes, I'm trying to make sure that I respond to anything coming in through the chats. If there's any questions, by the way, guys, those of you watching, listening on whichever platform, please go ahead, put in some questions and then Matt will answer and I'll read it out to Matt. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Matt, can you can you walk us through kind of the, the insurance claim process? Sure. So generally speaking, if you have a homeowner's policy with an in-state company, meaning a, a local for-profit company um, or even an out-of-state company, that's not a surplus carrier. And I'll explain the difference in that in a second. Um, generally speaking, once you report the claim, the insurance company has 90 days to inspect, adjust, and make a determination on your claim. Now, sometimes there are factors that prevent them from doing it within 90 days. Um, generally speaking, when you have a large loss like this, like a hurricane, they bring in what's called cat adjusters, like category adjusters, which are kind of like emergency temporary people that come from all over the country. And they're here to help speed up that process because as you can imagine, you know, they have to inspect all these claims every time someone reports a claim it has to be inspected and so you know they're 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 trying to speed up the process or or add additional manpower to speed that along um but if they are asking for additional time outside of those 90 days they're required to send you correspondence before the 90 days to let you know why it is they can't make a determination yet and what else they're missing to allow them to figure it out and, and that's for the homeowners process now for for the flood policies Flood policies, because they're run through FEMA and, and federal government, you know, programs, they have a lot more strict standards. So for a flood claim, you have 60 days after the flood occurs to submit your proof of loss form in order for them to process the claim and get that going. Now, that being said, uh, the government, because of they understand the devastation and, you know, some people can't even get access to their homes right now because of the flooding. They've actually extended that deadline to a full year, 365 days. Um, but going back to what I said earlier about prompti promptly reporting your loss, uh, that, that doesn't take away from the time that you have to, to promptly report it. So in other words, just because you have that full 365 days and uh, Florida statutes allow you to report a hurricane loss with homeowners uh, up to two years after it occurs, I, I wouldn't recommend you wait that full period because um, it just causes additional hurdles in the claims process. Very good. Now, uh, and this is a question. I know that you and I talked about this in the past, uh, but then, you know, how many, you know, how long does somebody have uh, to make a, a claim? Um, so um, just like I said, with the homeowner's policy, you have two years to report the claim to insurance. Okay. But what we've seen on the litigation side mm -hmm. uh, and, is that the longer you wait, 
the more the insurance company claims that they were prejudiced and you know some of it some of it may be true i mean the the law used to give you three years to report a hurricane claim and so what happened after hurricane irma which was in september of 2017 is we would see homeowners reporting claims in like 20 uh you know 2019 or early 2020 and you know the question playing devil's advocate here it's how are you able to say two and a half years later that this damage is from hurricane irma and so right. they kind of they kind of tighten that window down to two years but for example you know if we have another storm or you know as you know living in south florida we do have rainy season around april sure. to june ish and so the more your, your roof or your property gets hit with all these additional storms and additional damages it makes it harder later on to send an engineer or some sort of expert to say, well, all this damage being claimed with certainty was caused by Hurricane Ian. Right. So I think that makes sense because then we're like, and it might have that delay effect too. So, you know, it's like, how do you, do I have to call someone every single time there was like a, if we're getting, let's say five different uh, tropical storms and one hurricane, like how can I pinpoint with how many times or which one, cause yeah, which, yeah. which damage it can become very difficult yeah that makes that makes total sense um yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. it's always it's always best practice if you think you have a claim to report it now that being said um there are things that a professional public adjuster can do or a professional attorney can do um like reviewing your coverages for example you all have certain deductibles um they have uh, like an all other perils deductible which basically means anything other than a hurricane and then they have hurricane deductibles and based on when you got your policy you were able to choose whether you wanted a one percent a two percent or a five percent or even a ten percent deductible which basically means that's the percentage of your coverage that you pay up front or, or not up front but when you have a claim as a deductible um which you know the higher um your, your deductible is the lower your premiums are. So some people try to backload the, the, the deductible thinking, oh, I'll deal with it later um, to save that money on the premium side. And now you're stuck with these large deductibles. And so right. going back to what I said before about some homeowners waiting to report a claim because they don't know if it exceeds their deductible. Now, that's a conversation you should have with a public adjuster or an attorney who can review your policy. They can look at your damages and tell you, look, you do have hurricane damage but it's probably only eight to 10 grand and you have an $11,000 deductible. So all that's gonna happen is you're gonna report this claim and you're not gonna get paid. So, you know, in that case, you can, you can talk to them about your options, about just maybe fixing it out of pocket. <laughs> because what I'm sure you guys are all aware of is these insurance companies are going out of business. They're pulling out of Florida. We're having some sort of insurance crisis going on right now. And so, these insurance companies are also trying to look for ways to avoid the risk. And so if somebody's filing a bunch of claims on their home, eventually you reach a point where you become uninsurable. And so they may drop you from that policy. And so despite the fact that you do have this damage, if it's not going to exceed your deductible, you may be better off just paying for that damage out of pocket and avoiding that down the line. But again, I don't think that's something that you should be figuring out on your own. That should be something you're engaging with a public adjuster or an attorney to kind of talk to you about those options. Really yeah, I, I think that's a very, very serious thing. I mean, yeah. you just mentioned yeah. that I didn't even realize that yet. And and you just said something that just scared me. I'm like, if every if a lot of insurance companies pull out and homeowners or business owners are just now cannot really get an insurance and all these damages are not going to fall on 
the individual or the business owner to dish out, that's that's a lot of money every time you get it. Well, you know? well, I do. I do want to clarify something. So, I mean, let's just say, God forbid, that you know the insurance company that you have on your home goes out of business, uh, mm -hmm. or you know, just goes bankrupt. Um, there's a program. I'm pretty sure every state has it, but in Florida, it's called FIGA, which is the Florida Insurance Guarantee Association. And essentially, in in every person's premiums, you actually pay a little surcharge that goes towards those FIGA, um, I guess, um, assessments, and what FIGA does is they're kind of like a back, like a resort, a last resort. Um, so let's say, for example, your insurance company goes out of business. You have an open claim. You're dealing with that process. FIGA will step in and they'll review the claim. They'll review the damages you have and they'll kind of determine whether or not it's covered. Um, so there is some sort of like last resort if that does happen. But FIGA is not really built to, you know, fight claims and pay claims in full and so you're kind of bound by like this is what FIGA decided and it's almost like a take it or leave it there are some you know exceptions to that um so it's not like i have this policy they go out of business now i get nothing but you definitely have a lot less options than if that doesn't happen yeah. Yeah. understood that's good to know i'm sure this is information yeah. that's yeah. i mean i didn't i didn't know this <laughs> Yeah. No, that's, that's really good uh, to, to know that there's still, like you said, a, a, another option, a, like a final, in case of, you know, God forbid the, the company goes under or leave the state or something like that. Now, uh, Matt, uh, what can somebody, and again, we, we recently went through the situation of IA, but outside in general, you know, casualties in general, what is, what is it that you recommend uh, a family or a business owner that is having a casualty? And uh, I guess a prudent uh, practice. Yeah, I mean, what should, should you do in the meantime while well, between, let's say, the, the, the event, the date of the event and the time, let's say, it, it's going to get in, inspected? What is it that you recommend uh, uh, either a family or business owner to do? Well, pretty much every single insurance policy creates a, a duty or an obligation on the policy order to protect the property from getting worse or mitigate the damages. So depending on what kind of claim you have, maybe it's an AC leak or maybe like a pipe explodes or something like that, um, you're, you're required to stop that leak or stop the damage from getting worse. Let's say it's a roof leak. You know, you should put a tarp on your roof. Um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because the insurance company, if they want to, and believe me, I see it a lot on the litigation side, um, it's kind of like no matter what you do, you're, you're not complying with the policy. And what I mean by that is, if you mitigate the damages and you do some sort of permanent repair, like let's say, for example, you have a supply line underneath your kitchen sink that continues to leak until you either turn off the water or you, you fix that pipe, um, that's going to keep bringing damages. So you should turn off the water main and then call somebody to replace the pipe. Now, once you replace the pipe, now you've altered the condition of what it was in. And so now the insurance company, if they want to, can say, well, we were prejudiced because we didn't get the ability to look at it in its original state. But if you leave it as is and you don't mitigate those damages, then they're going to say, well, you failed to mitigate the damages. So in an ideal world, while you're trying to navigate how to comply with your policy, again, it's always best to talk to one of these professionals like a public adjuster or an attorney because we know how to best navigate the situation. Um, and, and what I would say is if you do begin repairs, take photos and videos before you do anything. If you have some plumber or some sort of professional replace a part, keep that damaged item because without that damaged item, 
they'll say, well, we never got to inspect it. So we don't know if the damages are, are the way that you said it were. Um, and taking it a step back, even before you have a loss, it's really good maybe a couple times a year to just do a complete walkthrough of your home. Take photos and videos, especially underneath the sink, anywhere there's plumbing. Document underneath the kitchen sink, cabinets, in the bathroom, the showers, by the windows, the doors, everything that could be a source of water entry. Because insurance companies love to claim, you know, improper maintenance or this was long term, this pre-exists before we even insured this property. And the best way for us to fight that, aside from having to hire an engineer, which isn't always even a guarantee because then it comes down to, well, our engineer says this and their engineer says that, is if you have this time-stamped evidence that shows as of the date I took this video or I took this photo, this is how my property was. So it narrows down that time span of when this damage accrued. And I can't tell you how many times I'm having to fight over this issue in litigation because just because my clients don't have the videos or the photos, I mean, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen the way they're saying it did, but it's just an additional hurdle that I have to try to prove to the insurance company is how it said it is. And if ultimately they don't believe us, we end up having to gear up going to trial, explaining to a jury that this is the way that it said it was. So obviously you want to avoid all that stuff. And so the best practice is to have this additional ammunition that you can provide to them during the whole claims process. Wow. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. There are many things that, that <laughs> we don't realize. I like the idea of you're saying the, for example, the video, because that mm -hmm. can show uh, kind of the, the conditions even before and you can create a history that that's a great idea because like you said if you go and make a repair yeah i can see why the insurance company will say well but we, i didn't get a chance to or I, I don't know exactly what the damage was so i understand the the, the position you know why would they that they take that stand but uh it is interesting you know what i mean because uh, it, this is the kind of information that is important to have because sometimes we you know in addition to what we just went through with ian is that we have casualties throughout uh, other events, you know what I mean, that, that affects our homes, our businesses. So this is not only relevant to hurricanes, it's uh, when we're talking about casualties, it's, it's, right. it's, it's a year-round uh, situation that, that we need to be aware how to handle that and, and who to call. Because many times, again, we're dealing, uh, you know, I know we were talking about just uh, recently, is, is we're signing is, is a contract. So handling that contractual agreement and and every contract there's going to be you know responsibilities and duties and so on so uh understanding how and most of us are not qualified to to understand what we unfortunately signed yeah i mean we're not qualified we we sign it but many times try to try to interpret that uh contractual agreement so that's why it's important that we have uh uh you know people like uh, like matt that can understand and help us understand what what is it that we're either about to sign or what is it that we signed so then we can uh, see exactly what we're getting into and not just that but additionally i always recommend right before the start of hurricane season and honestly even now i mean if i mean the, the season's still not over but you know god forbid if we if we look like we're going to get another storm do a complete walkthrough of your house inside and out if you're not comfortable going up on your roof hire somebody even if you take a drone get the footage of your roof right before a, a storm comes because many times the insurance company will say, well, 
this is wear and tear or this is foot traffic mm -hmm. or you know this is thermal expansion and contraction which basically means when the sun hits down on it it expands and then when the sun goes down it contracts and that continual uh cyclical pressure kind of causes damage it's it's all just a way to kind of avoid claims uh or paying claims and so again you know especially with a hurricane i mean most people don't go on their roofs. So how can you prove that this damage is there on this date, but it wasn't there before? So um, that, that's kind of, I, I always recommend that going into hurricane season, um, but you can apply that logic to your whole home. Um, and, and another thing, you know, kind of segueing into talking about the flood damage from Ian, but just talking generally as well. You should do that with all your contents, you know, your, your clothing, your jewelry, all the stuff that you have inside your house, because if, if it gets flooded, maybe it's washed away, you know, because on the West coast, there's, there was literally like five feet of, of storm surge that went inside people's sure. homes. Um, you know, my aunt in Orlando, she had three inches of, of water that went inside her house. And so all of this stuff becomes damaged. And if you have to throw it away or it just gets washed away or destroyed, you know, you'll fill out a contents form where you say what the item was and when you purchased it and what you paid. But, you know, then they'll ask for receipts and all these other things. At least if you have the documentation that shows that you had these things, it's there to help you as well. Uh, yeah, I, th I don't think we do. We usually, you know, we buy the stuff, you know, after a while we throw away the receipts and we're not really yeah, thinking yeah. about, you know, tracking all of these stuff. So which brings me to another question just popped in my head when you were saying that, Matt, is like, uh, so should we as whether homeowners or business owners, whether whatever we have, should, should we do a kind of a, a listing of everything we have and then kind of have someone like you review our policies and see if it's a proper coverage on whatever we have? Because, you know, Let's say we threw away a couch that was now old and now we got a couch that's a lot more expensive, whatever it is, like whatever it was. Uh, or we got new, you know, it's a business owner that now just got, you know, a brand new copy machine that that, that is five thousand dollars, I don't know, ten thousand dollars. So is that is that what, what is what is it that you recommend that we do? Well, so first of all, one of the things that my firm offers is free policy review. So basically okay. You don't even have to you don't even have to retain my services for this feature. You can kind of just send me your full policy. I'll take a look at your coverages. You know, many times, I mean, if you have a good insurance agent, they should be asking you these questions to kind of increase or decrease coverages that may not apply to you. Um, but unfortunately, when when a loss occurs at your home, whether it be a hurricane or a pipe or an AC, whatever, you're stuck with those coverages that you have at the time of the loss. And so, you know, I've had clients where they have significant damages and the insurance company wants to pay it, but maybe they have like a $20,000 limit. And so they write them a $20,000 check and they say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. And, you know, unfortunately there's not. So I definitely recommend you either speak with, you know, an attorney or a public adjuster or even your insurance agent and talk to them about certain things that you may have at your home that maybe they didn't ask you, or maybe they don't realize that you have. Um, in regards to your question about looking at contents and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's good practice when you buy something that's of value to you, um, you know, scan the receipt and save it on your hard drive or keep it at somewhere handy. Um, 
you know, you can send it to your accountant because I'm sure they can keep records like that somewhere. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Matt. <laughs> thank you, Matt. <laughs> we didn't make him say that. He just said that. <laughs> exactly. No, but in, in all seriousness, you should keep those kind of receipts handy yes. because I mean, yeah, keeping keeping like a, a hard copy, like a file of all that stuff is great. But what if what happens if a storm comes and all of a sudden that file is destroyed? So um, that can just be all your work is in one place and now it's you know disintegrated. Um, also, in addition to that, your homeowner's insurance policy has these things called special limits. And they basically define certain items. Like, for example, jewelry has a special limit. If you have cash on hand that's stolen or lost or something, that has a special limit. And so if you... Like if you're a female that has a lot of handbags or if you have expensive jewelry or like a male with, you know, nice watches, um, you either need to try to increase that coverage or go with another company that kind of specializes in those types of things to add that coverage. Because more often than not, these things are limited. And for example, I'll give you a little quick story. I represented a client who he was a professional photographer and he had his um, professional camera stuff stolen from his house. and. So the insurance company, they made some small payment and then I had to get involved and, you know, we couldn't work it out before I had to file the lawsuit. And in litigation, they kind of worked with us and they said, listen, unfortunately, we realized that he had X amount in, in equipment, but he only has this much in coverage. And you can hire the best attorney in the world, but they can't get you in addition to that. Uh, there are some uh, circumstances where they could on something called bad faith, but that's a whole other story. Um, mm -hmm. But generally speaking um you're stuck with the coverages that you have and so that's why even if there's no claim or no loss that you have right now it's it's important to talk to somebody about the coverages you have and the items that you're concerned with so that if something happens you're not stuck just this is great this is this is mm -hmm. great information and and you know i wish in a way like well you know that some of our insurance agents like once we once they get the policy for us that they would actually actively follow up and then just come back and say, Hey, let's do this. You know, there's no, sometimes it's like sell the policy and then no service after. And, you know, and that's why we need people like you to help us out, you know, go through the motions and say, okay, this is enough coverage or not. And, and you just gave me a bunch of ideas. And one, more, one more quick tip. I'll pick you back off of on that. Like, let's say for example, you do some sort of renovation in your backyard. Maybe you make like an outdoor kitchen. Maybe you add new pavers or you you upgrade the fence. Um, those are things you should be reaching out to your insurance agent about. Be like, hey, I just spent X amount. You know, can you tell me what my coverages are? Because let's just say, for example, something comes and it knocks down the whole fence or it destroys it. So you can't repair it and you have to replace it. And they're going by what the fence was you had before you upgraded it. So right. no matter what, that's that's the best you can get is what your limits are. Um, so these are conversations. Every time you're doing something to your house, it's just good practice to talk to your agent. Hey, I just did this. Is this going to change? Maybe they'll say, no, you're still good. But maybe they'll say, okay, we need to upgrade that. So those right. are good tips to have, you know, as a homeowner. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I, I, you just gave me so many ideas. I'm like, because we've, we've probably done so much renovations and upgrades in our house since there we bought them. I don't think we have upped anything since then. Uh, yep. So... Yep. <laughs> it's just gonna go and start a list now. Uh, <laughs> so as far as uh, how can, uh, uh, especially the people that are uh, listening, because uh, yes. you know, how can they uh, get a hold of you, man? 
Yes. Well, um, they can reach out to me by email or by phone. Uh, my email is going across the banner on the bottom. It's matt at gelberlawgroup.com. My office number is 954-320-0100. I'm always available for, you know, free consultations or if you just want to pick my brain about something. Or like I said, you know, if you want me to look at your policy and take a look at what you have, um, I'm always available. Awesome. It was a pleasure having you here, Matt. This has been great information. Not only did we learn, but we also brought it to all of our audience as well. And uh, please, guys, make sure to reach out to Matt if you have any more questions and something more on a one-on-one specifically to you. These were more general information, but you know, each of us have our own situation. So make sure to reach out to Matt uh, so he can give you very specific information for you uh, and uh, your family. Can I just give one more plug? Absolutely, sir. So, so if, if people, especially on the West Coast, if you're dealing with a lot of issues where you're not sure where to begin and maybe you don't want to call a public adjuster or an attorney yet, and that's perfectly fine. There's a, an association I'm a part of called the Florida Association of Public Adjust Insurance Adjusters or FAPIA, and they created this campaign called BeClaimSmart.com. And so you can go on there. If you have any contractors going door to door asking, you know, do you need help? Can I help fix your roof or can I do all this stuff? Um, be very weary before you sign any contracts with them because the only two types of people that can help you adjust your claim are licensed public adjusters and attorneys. And so on BeClaimSmart.com, you can look up the contractor's info to see if they're actually licensed. You can also look up the public adjuster to see if they're a FAPIA member and you, you want to be very weary. I understand that people are very desperate for help and, and you know, people are coming across and, and pretending or, or hopefully not pretending, but they're telling them that we can help you. You, you don't want to sign those contracts right away. You want to do your research. And so I, I, I did want to put that tip out there because um, the last thing we want to see right now in a time of, of need when people need it are for people to be taken advantage of. Absolutely. And what I did is I put it in the comments, guys, beclaimsmart.com. So those who are, uh, you know, watching us and they'll be able to see and it will stay on the video, especially on, I think on YouTube, it'll stay on there. A, it's a big, it's one S, beclaimsmart. Oh, let me read. Okay. <laughs> beclaims. Okay. One S. Sorry, guys. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So um, as, we, as we as we close out, if there's any more questions from those who are watching us, uh, let, let us know. I'll just wait a few seconds if there's any questions for Matt now. Um, if not, I'll, I'll wrap up the show. As always, we are always excited to have you here. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was this was great. It's really, awesome. good. really, really good. Really informative very informative I, i'm telling you i'm going to be like i'm going to go home sometime between this weekend and next weekend i'm going to start making the lists of everything we've done in the last three three years especially uh definitely when you said the 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 fence we did the fence we changed the windows i think five years ago we got a hurricane uh you know special windows and i mean we've got we've done so many upgrades uh, I, I mean Yes. Well, additionally, additionally, with the hurricane proof, you know, building materials, you can get like wind mitigation credits and things like that. So you definitely want to look into that because that can yeah. save you some money on your actually future. help you reduce. Uh, yeah, taxation. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go back and start listing. I'm going to go, okay, honey, what did we do? Let's list it out and I'm going to send you everything that we have. So. There you go. 
Awesome. All right. So there's no other questions coming in. All right. So I guess we're wrapping the show. All right, guys, thank you so much for watching, listening to the show. Thank you for being part of our, our, our community here on Coffee Time with Marie Teresa on CPA. I want to leave you with the quote from motivation speaker, as always, uh, Jim Ron. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I hope today <laughs> we were three of the five people you, are, you were spending your time with to learn and grow your business and protect yourself. So uh, until next episode, have a wonderful and blessed rest of your week. Wonderful. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Good morning.